Hey, Josh Felber here. Got to check out today's episode. If you're looking at how to figure out how to generate generational wealth through real estate, specifically short-term rentals, STRs, then you got to watch today's episode. It's here. Uh, Avery Carl is going to drop some amazing insights for you on how you can get started, what you can do, and then how to exponentially grow your short-term rental business. So check out today's episode with Avery Carl right now. Hey, thinking about the loving this freedom gear or gratitude quotes, whatever that is for you, want some of the softest t-shirts, hoodies, uh, clothing, then go check out my friends over at gratitudegear.com. Check out gratitudegear.com. They'll hook you up. Use the discount code MAKINGBANK10 for 10% off. MAKINGBANK10 for 10% off. Gratitudegear.com. You are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. We thought we were like these great geniuses that no one had ever thought of this before. Didn't even know it was called real estate investing. So we did it, not knowing what we were doing, and bought a house. Uh, it was a long-term rental. It was uh, the mortgage on that was six hundred forty-seven bucks a month. We were able to rent it for fifteen hundred a month, which is actually really, really good for a long term. We didn't know, but uh, that first rent check, of almost a thousand bucks a month, was a lot when you're making what I was making. So right, we were yeah, like, man, this is cool. We want it. We want more of these things. So let's um, let's buy some more. How do we do this? And so then we started actually educating ourselves on our investment and reading books and listening to podcasts and all that stuff. And we had like one down payment for one single family home left. And we thought, well, what can we buy with this that's going to make us the most amount of money, the fastest, so that we can go scale our portfolio faster, so we could buy more faster. And so we landed on short-term rentals. We knew we did not want to do it in Nashville because the regulations there, they were just constantly changing. Nashville is mm. not super friendly towards that. And we were like, we can't afford to make a mistake here. We can't afford for the city to tell us we can't do this after we've already paid for it. So we thought, well, where can we go that it's the normal thing for people to just come stay in a house rather than a hotel? And we had just been to the Smoky Mountains about three hours east of Nashville a few weeks before, gotten into a gigantic fight about he wouldn't take me to see Dolly Parton at, we only had one car with us because we were um, camping, wouldn't take me to see Dolly Parton at the casino. And so we were like, well, we just went there and everybody else was staying in cabins. Like somebody owns those cabins. Why can't it be us? So we ended up buying one. He ended up actually taking me to see Dolly Parton at uh, the Ryman in Nashville, which is like the Grand Ole Opry, basically the original one. So that was smoothed over as well. So we've just kind of figured out back then there weren't all these education tools and like all these right. mentors and stuff, every influencers running all over the place. So we just kind of had to figure out how to do it ourselves. And we did. We figured out how to manage a property remotely. That one turned into five cabins in the Smokies over the course of the next about year. Here we are five and a half years later uh, with 220 doors. They're not all short term. I'm not one of those people that's going to tell you short term is the right and only way and only buy short terms. We've got multifamily long terms. We've got single family long terms. We've got eight short terms, but we've been, we were able to use the income from five short terms to roll all of that into more real estate faster. So that's kind of how we got into real estate investing. No, that's, that's super cool. So obviously just getting into it and you didn't know anything, you know, we're always going to run into challenges and things like that. What did you kind of take away from the kind of those first five? You're like, ah, oh, crap. I know we screwed up here, here, and here. Or I learned this. That's now helping you as you're growing it, be more successful and, you know, do better with all your other properties. 
So as time went on since we bought our first one to about probably our sixth, there a lot of automation tools came out for mm. short-term rentals. So when we first started, I was having to look, like every time somebody booked, I would have to call my cleaner and say, you got to go this day. I was having to like sit, sit down with a calendar at the beginning of every month, look at all the dates, send it to her in six different ways so she couldn't possibly miss one. And everything was done like totally by hand, manually. Sure. And now like all the property management software automates all of that for you, like syncs with your cleaners calendar. So as soon as somebody books, your cleaner knows all the automation, like all the, sorry, all the communication is automated. So we used to have to every day sit down and say, okay, who's checking in tomorrow? We better go ahead and send them their door code and send them this and that. Who's checking out tomorrow? We need to give them the checkout instructions and have to manually send that. Now all of that's automated. So we kind of like technology and the industry grew as we grew kind of at the same time. And it made it a lot easier for us. Uh, but I mean, the biggest mistake we made was not starting sooner than we did, honestly. And, and, and why do you say that? So we could, if we had, who knows where we would be now if we'd started earlier. Uh, we had the ability to start earlier. We just thought okay. like, oh, well, if you're buying a house, you know, it needs to be like your dream house, your forever house. You buy a house as nice as your parents. I didn't realize that I, when I was bartending at the Jackalope in Austin, Texas, and my friends were buying these $70,000 houses on the east side, I'm like, no, those aren't nice enough. Why would I buy that? I totally could have <laughs> afforded it. And those houses are worth, you know, a million dollars now. Sure. So uh, it's just, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Best time to buy real estate was yesterday and all that. So I obviously you mentioned automation was a big thing. What's, I mean, some of the top automated like softwares, property management softwares to use and what do you look for? So there's a lot of them. We use Guesty for hosts. That's one of the big ones. There's another one called Owner Res that does basically everything you could ever need a, a piece of software like that to do, except for it's just really hard to learn and really hard mm. to get going. So Guesty for hosts is my favorite. There's also hospitable. There's a few other ones that are like the top five, but guesty is our go-to. Okay. And when you guys, <clears throat> obviously there's a lot of different markets for short-term rentals. I mean, what's kind of the, what do you look for? Is it, Hey, you know, I'm going to look for places where people go to vacation at mostly, or is it like kind of just anywhere, or, but what's that makes that ideal spot? Sure. So there's, there's no wrong way to do it, but the way that I focus my own investing and then the way that I've focused our real estate offices, we've got 15 of them and they're wow. all in markets that are like this. So markets that are what I call mature vacation rental markets. So, you know, Smoky Mountains have had short-term rentals, vacation rentals there since the fifties. Destin, Florida, another one of our markets also where I live. We've had vacation rentals since before there was electricity. So because they've been around for so long, the regulations are really, really favorable. The economy is kind of dependent on them. So you don't have to worry about like Nashville, how I was talking about earlier. You don't really have to worry about them regulating against you. And then also they're pretty recession resistant in those types of regional drivable, mature vacation rental markets, because most of the tourism, I like to see most of the tourism driving in and not flying. Uh, you know, some people are going to fly, but I like the majority of it to be, you know, drive destinations. Okay. Because they're accessible, also affordable vacations. So, you know, in a downturn like COVID, or it wasn't necessarily, I, I don't know what I would call it. I'm not an economist, but COVID was a thing. And people didn't want to get on flights together and get sick. So they were only doing driving vacations in a downturn that's more financially driven, like 2008. People didn't want to, you know, they weren't flying to Hawaii because it's a big right. expensive 
vacation, but they were, you know, driving to the Outer Banks in North Carolina or Panama City Beach in Florida. So these areas are kind of recession resistant because of that. These are also areas that have seen it all. You know, they've been through wars, all kinds of economic situations, recessions, natural disasters, and they're still big, huge tourist destinations. So they've kind of been through it all. So I like to focus on regional drivable vacation markets. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.